You're listening to HSBC Talks Business. Learn how businesses like yours are leveraging a wide range of banking solutions to maximize their success and how HSBC is helping them. Listeners should note that this episode has been recorded remotely. Therefore, the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Our world is changing fast. As the digital revolution gathers new pace and sustainability becomes a watchword for businesses in every sector. In our new podcast series, Reinvent Unlocking Future Opportunities, we examine how forward-looking companies can harness digitization and sustainable practices to meet the challenges and grasp the opportunities of tomorrow. Join us for key insights from leading Malaysian corporates with growth aspirations both locally and globally on how to innovate, scale and reinvent your business for its successful and sustainable future. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Heather Goh, Head of Customer and Marketing for HSBC Malaysia. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. Technology is an important driving force for businesses and consumers today. And if there's one key takeaway from the pandemic that we've experienced in the last year, is that technology has become far more essential than we ever thought it was. In fact, some even described it as a lifeline for businesses and communities. And this has been a major driving force for many digital transformations that happened in 2020. So now in 2021, we have seen even more businesses move beyond just digital transformation and leveraging on tech tools to drive scalability. Scale and speed, it's so important for us to deliver the My Digital Blueprint's ambition to transform Malaysia into the regional powerhouse for digital economy. So in today's session, you will have the opportunity to tap into the great minds of digital leaders from top corporates on the evolving digital landscape and how impending technology such as 5G connectivity will become the game changer for businesses in the future. Maybe we'll kick things off. Um, let me introduce our distinguished panelists today. We have first um, Kwan Serena Shukri, who is no stranger to us. She's the Chief Executive Officer of Malaysia Digital Economic Corporation, MDAC, and she brings with her two decades of diverse experience across various global multinationals, media market companies, and early stage startups. Juan Serena has recently been named among the world's 50 most influential people revolutionizing governance in the Agile 50 list. Good morning, Juan Serena. Good to have you here. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Next up, um, we have Mr. Chan Kok Long, uh, Executive Director of IP88 and Mobile88.com. He is one of the key founders of IP88 and also won numerous accolades himself. Mr. Chan has been working across various customers, partners, and agencies, and is instrumental in shaping the e-commerce landscapes locally in Malaysia and across the region. Good to see you again, Mr. Chan. Hi, uh, happy to be here. Thanks for joining us today. Um, so last but definitely not the least, we have uh, Inchek Khairi Abdullah, Chief Executive Officer of Asiata Digital, the digital services arm of Asiata Group Bahad. At Asiata Digital, Cairo leads investments and operations across the three strategic businesses from e-wallets, micro-lending, micro-insurance to digital advertising and platform services, managing flagship brands that we're very familiar with, which is Boost, Aspirasi, Asiata Digital Advertising, and Epigate. Welcome, Inchek Cairo. Hi. Hi, everyone. 
Good to have you. So good morning and welcome again, everyone. Um, maybe just to kick off the conversation on the broader level, we can start off with, a, with one question that's probably on everyone's mind. So to our panelists, do you think we're there yet in terms of digitalization for scalability and what's our readiness for 5G? Do you think, or do you think we need more time? Let me just um, share a couple of things to set the context. Um, so clearly everybody on this call, we're no strangers to knowing that recognizing how the pandemic has really affected us. And so, so now we all can see, thanks to the pandemic, we all live in a digital by default world. And so what exactly transpired? So I'll just share a couple of stats. And so, so what we saw um, post pandemic is on the consumer side, we saw five years worth of consumer digitalization all crammed into one year. So we saw a significant increase on the consumer digitalization side. Consumers all now more willing to to transact online, use all these digital tools and whatnot. Uh, at the same time, we also saw about two years worth of business digitalization also crammed up into one year. So a lot more businesses coming forward and really going, starting down on their digital, digital journey. Um, we also saw uh, the government's effort to also uh, to, to outline this digital blueprint, which is really a holistic whole of government type of approach to say, Digital is really important. And so let's all get on this bandwagon because we all really need to not just develop digital technology, but more importantly, drive adoption across uh, the spectrum. So the digital blueprint talks about making sure that we have a holistic enabling infrastructure. So everything from connectivity to 5G and whatnot, making sure that we focus on the skilling agenda because we need digital Malaysians to make sure that we've got digital Malaysia. And of course, businesses needs to be digital too. Now, are we there yet? Of course not. I think we're just getting started. And in fact, when we think about technology, you're never really going to be there there because the minute that you get to, there are, there are people already starting to talk about 6G. So there's always that change. But the good news is that there's a lot of, of momentum now. And I'll talk a little bit about the four key areas that we really need to, as, as corporates go down, path of digital transformation, all the things that they need to do. There are four key areas, but I'll let my other colleagues talk a little bit more and I'll come back to these four key areas. Mr. Chan, you want to share your views? Okay, to me, how ready we are, the question is, to me, definitely we are ready to embark on the 5G. The reason is very simple, because everybody must know 5G is a very huge communication infrastructure. When you talk about infrastructure, it actually needs time to build, to add features, value to the infrastructure. You look at um, our Malaysian uh, highway, for example, whatever highway, if you compare to 20, 30 years ago, if the moment 20, 30 years ago, we don't embark on all this north-south highway and all these uh, uh, highway that the governments are building, we will never have such a good highway, you know, now, likened to 5G is also similar. The government or the country must start to implement 5G infrastructure now so that um, in years to come, uh, our 5G will continue to improve, uh, mature, and build on uh, consumer requirements. And uh, I'm, I'm very glad that the, the government has started like what uh, Pon Sabrina mentioned, um, the digital blueprint. Now, digital blueprint, you need such an infrastructure like 5G. Without a huge 5, uh, 5G infrastructure, a lot of digital 
uh, initiative as well as uh, initial uh, digital vision, uh, I don't think it, it is able to fulfill. Therefore, my take is we must start the 5G communication infrastructure now. Whether we start at a very uh, minimal uh, uh, level or we start at moderate, uh, that doesn't matter. The most important is we must play with the technology. Thanks, Mr. Chan. What about you, um, Kari? What do you think? So, so as the only speaker on the panel that effectively represents a mobile communications company, um, yeah. uh, look, I would definitely agree with the, the other panelists. Uh, I think we need to build it and we did build it now. Um, uh, there is often a, a mantra in telcos that we say, you know, build it and they will come. Uh, and in this case, it's particularly true, but not for the reasons that, you know, are often cited, right? So, so let, let me explain what I mean. You know, I would actually posit that the pandemic reduces the need for 5G. You'd still want to build it, but it actually reduces the, the need for 5G. And what I mean by that is, uh, look, we all know that 4G is hitting its limits in terms of meeting consumer needs, especially with content consumption on the go. You know, whether it's, you know, your Netflix, your YouTube, watching videos on social media. 5G, obviously, with greater speeds and with higher bandwidth can actually solve these congestion problems. Uh, but here's the thing. With the pandemic, we're actually staying at home a lot more. Um, so we actually need better access to fiber internet, not necessarily 5G internet, right? So fiber to home is, you know, we all know it's able to deliver speeds of uh, one gigabits and, and above, uh, whereas 5G typically del delivers at about 100 megs, right? And so, so what we're looking for in the short term is actually more fiber internet, not necessarily 5G type connectivity. Uh, but I would say that we still need to invest because we do want to stay ahead of the seismic shift that I think is coming with 5G. Uh, and that seismic game changer, if you like, is really centered around enabling the Internet of Things, right? We've been talking about the Internet of Things for a good sort of five, six, seven years now and haven't really sort of materialized. But that's because there's never been a network, an infrastructure that can support that. Uh, 5G is also a massive MIMO network allowing a million devices to be connected in one square kilometer. Right, which basically means that not just all, all our phones will be connected, but also our digital wallets, our fitness and health trackers, our shipments, our deliveries, our electronic signboards, you know, anything, everything, right? And so I'll give an example, as, as a comparison, the Exeter Group operates in Bangladesh. Uh, the capital city of Bangladesh, Dhaka, has one of the highest population densities uh, in the world at 25,000 people per square kilometer. Um, you know, 5G can connect a million, a million devices per square kilometer. Uh, so literally everything. So, so I agree with uh, Chan, I agree with Juan Serena. I think we do want to invest behind this network uh, because it can then spearhead a lot of innovation and create new economic sectors, uh, much like what we saw in South Korea in the late 90s when they started pioneering fiber broadband. So deep diving into payment, um, you know, I wanted to get Mr. Chan's views as well. Um, you know, in the last year with the electronic payments landscape growing so much, um, and a lot of the businesses are in a way forced into going into the e-commerce space, right? So um, what are your views um, in terms of looking at driving more efficiency for customers in the space of uh, digital payments? All right, especially because of COVID-19, like what Serena mentioned, the uh, four years or five years digital plan is all being crammed into one. Now, obviously, the needs to, to actually uh, conduct digital uh, transaction, digital payment, uh, there's a surge in such needs. Uh, one of the uh, major search we see 
digital uh, payment doesn't come from just e-commerce uh, merchants or e-commerce companies. Uh, it also comes from the physical retails like uh, the FMB or, or even the fashion uh, shopping mall and so on and so forth. And the bigger part actually uh, uh, in Malaysia start to embark on the uh, digital payment journey. Now that obviously like highway, there's so, so much demand uh, for cars to travel from point A to point B. So instead of uh, uh, building a highway, you know, adding in a lot of features, uh, putting in uh, instead of a petrol station, we are, we are building a, a five-star hotel. We, we build our entertainment center along the highway to, to, to make sure the user really enjoy the journey from point A to point B. The priority now is build more highway. Um, uh, uh, like, for example, uh, user already moved beyond uh, uh, credit card as the, the major mean of digital payment methods. I think it's just a matter of time. Is build more highways rather than build five thousand miles uh, along the highway, so yeah. so that more people will get to traverse point A to point B. Thanks, Mr. Chan. I, I like the highway analogy, and I think that pieces up right is is really looking at the digital journey, building the foundations right, data in so that you get the right investments to, to improve the user experience as we go along, making sure that there's the the risks and the governance piece. And I think more importantly, it's, um, you know, along this whole entire journey, um, building the, the future of uh, digital leaders from Malaysia as well. So, um, you know, and, and we improve and get better along the way, right? So I, I think um, that's that's a very interesting point. And, and um, there's a lot of examples. Maybe next up, um, in Chikaril, I, I you know, there's a lot of stories um, over the years um, with three e-wallet platforms in Malaysia. You have Appigate um, and also the, a the API platform provider and also the ADA uh, success stories in the digital marketing space. So what's your thoughts or what's Asiata Digital's views on how digital will transform the way we work? <clears throat> the pandemic, by the way, as I, I think as Serena said, the compression of the growth of five years within one year, that's the one that has actually kind of given a massive shift to our industry. Uh, one of the most exciting things that we saw last year was that uh, 30 million digital consumers came on board in Southeast Asia. We, we obviously uh, operate across Southeast Asia. So 30 million new digital consumers come on board. Uh, that's like, you know, a market size, the size of the Malaysian population suddenly just popped up. Uh, and what did that mean for us? That meant that our business, you know, sort of exploded, right? Now, um, uh, Chan talked about our e-wallet business. That, that business doubled uh, in terms of the users that we had. But what's more interesting is that the, uh, the, for our active users, the average usage per week is now standing at about uh, above 400 ringgit per week. So that what that means is that average, every active user that we have is actually using it more than 400 ringgit per week. Uh, the digital advertising business that we have, you know, recognizing that consumers have shifted online. A lot of our clients in that digital advertising business has increased business with us. And, and we ended up the year growing our profits by 7x, right? Profits by 7x, it's unbelievable. Uh, and we think that this pandemic is, is causing these shifts, but it's also creating a lot of new opportunities, right? So here at, within Axiata Digital, as a, as a venture builder of so many different businesses, we're now looking at new opportunities, right? And it could be in the uh, the health segment, it, but the pandemic is creating all these new opportunities because we strongly feel, and I believe Juan Serena will, will, will echo this as well, that the post-pandemic new norm, it's a digital first new norm. It has to be. Great. 
Thanks. Um, since we covered 5G at the start, you know, what can private sector or government do to increase network speed? That seems to be um, two, out of the two questions, a commonality that's coming across. Um, and the efficiency on lower price compared with the other countries in ASEAN. So maybe, Kyrill, you want to take this question sure. being, um, from the telco? Sure. So, so, so yeah, and by, by definition, 5G is a, a higher throughput, i.e. higher speed network than 4G. Um, the, some, if I'm reading through the question here. I think some of the frustration there is, you know, people are getting, uh, 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 what do you call it? One bar while they're sitting yeah. smack in Bansar and whatnot. Actually, 5G solves that, right? Because, you know, with 4G, uh, 4G can touch 4,000 devices per square kilometer. So if you imagine that if you're in Bangsar, Lucky Garden, you know, Bukit Damansara, there's going to be a lot more devices that needs to be covered than just 4,000 within that one square kilometer. 5G, as I said before, it covers uh, 1 million devices per square kilometer. So we reduce that congestion. Uh, plus 5G does uh, something called spot lighting uh, as opposed mm -hmm. to flood lighting, right? It's a little bit technical, but basically what it means is it finds your devices and it stays with your devices to ensure that there is no sort of drop, if you like, uh, within your coverage, right? So, so in, in that sense, then 5G solves it. Uh, last point about the cost, uh, on a cost per gigabyte basis, you know, obviously 5G is, is going to deliver uh, much lower costs uh, on a per gigabyte basis than, than 4G. Uh, your bill might not go down because your consumption is probably going to go up, <laughs> with, go up uh, yeah. with, that, with those kind of speeds. Yeah, maybe, maybe Ponsri, now do you want to close up with um, the last one, two minutes with some of the support that MDEC has built as well? Thank you so much, uh, Chan, for that. Um, uh, but but let, me just, let me just, so for the audience that's listening, because it can be overwhelming, where do you even start? So at MDEC, we think of it in four different areas. So it's N-A-D-I. So N for new skills. We have a whole division that just focuses on the skilling agenda. A for adoption, so business digitalization, how do you adopt digital? D, doctors, and so like, how do you make sure that your tech company, how do you continue to disrupt? And then um, investments, and so investments is a lot of the, um, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that's required to make sure that we're, we're a thriving, interesting um, investment um, um, uh, destination for investors. Now on the new skills part, um, uh, one of the things that that businesses needs to really appreciate is just the whole what skills are, are required for the future. And so one of the things you can get started one, we have a digital skills directory, uh, you can go to our website. And so here, not only will you get a sense of what um, are the new skills required for the jobs of the future, but also direct links We've curated we've curated a directory of, of training providers where you can go and get um, access to that. That's one. On the adoption side, understanding where you are on that journey is really important. And so if you've not started yet, okay, you need your web presence. And so how do you go about doing that? If you don't have ever started digitizing some of your business processes, how do you go about doing that? So we've got like a whole, um, we've curated some solutions on that too. We've got 437 different technology solution providers that people can go and, and um, um, get access to so solution so you so we've done some of that work otherwise it's overwhelming so many different companies out there um, and some of these we've linked them up to also some of the government funding that's required um, as well and so that's on the business adoption side and if you're a tech company if you're um, um, and you're starting to think about innovation one of the things that we do is actually connect um, connect companies and small companies to enable that whole corporate innovation discussion as well. So there's many, many things, um, but think of it along those lines, the skilling yeah. agenda, 
the adoption agenda, and then there's the whole technology disruption agenda. Thank you, Serena. So thank you so much. I want to say a huge thank you for joining us. I want to say um, thank you to the panelists as well for spending time and taking the morning out with us. I hope you guys enjoy the session as much as I do. Um, and um, thank you and have a great day. This has been a special production of our reInvent Unlocking the Future miniseries. Look out for more episodes coming soon. Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com.